Tonight we're going to look at the Word of God, and if you want to turn over, we're going to continue on Wednesday nights. We've been moving through the book of Acts and just wonderful things in that book of Acts that we can have strength and we can have encouragement tonight. And just for a few minutes, I want to look at chapter 8. We're going to look at chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 26. I'm just going to read with you 26 through 31, but we're going to go all the way as I look at this tonight. I'll cover all the way through verse 40 tonight. And if you would turn to your word there tonight, we're going to look at the title, From Revival to the Desert. From Revival to the Desert. In Acts chapter 6, verse 26, says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. And verse 28 says, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah, which is Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. From, from revival to the desert. From revival to the desert. Would you pray with me tonight? Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you, Lord, that God, you have everything. You know every detail of our life. And God, you, Lord, you're in the great times. You're in the revival times. You're in those times, God, when we're on top of the mountain. And God, you've done some faithful things. And it's in those times that, Lord, we feel joy rise up. And, and God, we see the hand of God in our life. And we thank you, God, because you give us those times. But God, there's times that you take us from those times and you call us somewhere else. Maybe places we don't want to go. Places that we're not comfortable. And God, we can know that just as real as you are on that mountain, God, you're just as real in that desert. God, you have every detail of our life in your hands. And you're a mighty God. You work through every situation. And God, if we hear you and we follow you and we listen to you and we obey you, God, you'll bless us. God, you'll move. God, you'll stir God, you'll use our lives, to, Lord, to bring forth your kingdom. Lord, to minister to others. God, please, God, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. And let us see, God, that you've got a work for us all to do. Every single person tonight. Lord, you've got a work for them to do if they'll yield themselves to you. But God, we've got to be attentive to your word. We've got to hear what you say. We've got to be filled with your spirit. We've got to make ourselves available to you tonight. And God, I pray that you would have your way and speak tonight and minister through your word, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. From revival to the desert. When we open up this word tonight and we look at this, we're still looking at, we've seen a couple of weeks ago, Stephen and the great sacrifice and that short ministry that he had, and God used him, and all of a sudden revival is, is sprung forth because of uh, of the Holy Spirit's been pulled out, poured out, and this this move of God is being driven out into all the the world. Just as Christ said that He was going to uh, send forth the gospel, and that these disciples 
was going to preach in uh, uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. And we've seen that the gospel has came in the last couple of weeks. We've looked at the gospel was preached in Jerusalem. And that's where Stephen, uh, uh, the gospel went forth. And that's when the persecution began. That's when Saul started persecuting the church. And he's now persecuting and moving on the church. We're going to see some great things next week in that situation. But Lord willing. And so, but we see that it's went from Jerusalem and because of the persecution and, and, and looking like maybe that God didn't know what he was doing, but absolutely a divine uh, plan of God that it, the, 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 the disciples are running. They're being driven out because of persecution. And where are they going? They're going to all, uh, all the other areas of Judea and further. And we've seen last week as we looked at uh, uh, Philip's life that he has is, he is now came to Samaria and he's preached the gospel and great things. The people's being healed. People's being saved. People's being filled with the Holy Ghost. We, we see that the revival is broke forth. And we see that God's using him to do mighty things. But we see that all of a sudden right in the midst of that. So, so Philip is seeing the hand of God. He's been faithful to God. He was used as that... Uh, th those first uh, seven that was called in the church to minister to the church. God used him and he made himself available, whatever God, and God used him. And so he made himself available. Then we see that he went forth and he made himself available to preach the gospel and the good news to Samaria. Now he's seen the faithfulness of God. And right in the midst of that, we see this first verse and it says, and the right in the midst of it, the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip saying, arise and go toward the south under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza. And then here's a footnote, which is desert. And I don't, I don't want to go past that too quickly because right there is, in many of our lives, right there would be a, a caution inside of us. Right in there would be a, a, a pause right there and say, wait a minute, God. Many times God might call you to do something and God, and, and and God asks us and God doesn't tell him right here. This angel tells him what the Lord wants him to do. He tells him where he wants to go, but he doesn't tell him the purpose. He doesn't tell him the plan. He doesn't give him the, uh, all the details of what he's going to do. He just says, you just need to go to the desert place. You're, he, in, in, in ourselves, many times we could argue in ourselves and say, wait a minute, God, I'm in revival. God, do you not see what's going on in my life? I'm on the mountaintop. Lord, I, I followed you. I, I, I went and I preached the gospel like you told me to do. And look at the response that's going on. Surely I must not be hearing you correctly. You're asking me to leave this place that I see you moving and doing all these wonderful things and go into a desert place? What in the world could be the purpose of me going to a desert place. And so many times in our lives that there is the question. There is that question mark of when God asks us to do something. You may have that co-worker. You may have that person that God has been putting on your heart. Say something to them about me. Give them. They, they, you know that their life is going through a shipwreck. And you know they're broken. And, and you feel this, this question mark inside you. Should I tell them about Jesus? Should I tell them about it? And there's a struggle that will happen inside of us. Anytime that we, uh, we, get, the, we get this desire and God puts within us this desire to evangelize, to, to actually witness to someone else, the enemy will come against you and try to stop you. And he fills your mind with all the excuses. And so I'm sure that right here in the midst of this, we see that all the, in the middle of revival, the Lord has asked Philip to go to the desert. 
But the beautiful thing, listen, we're going to look at two different people here tonight. And we're going to look at their responses. And we're going to see, not only that, we're going to look at God's responses. We're going to look in this story, what is so beautiful about this. You've got this Ethiopian eunuch. And then you've got the life of Philip. And then you've got God's response to both of those. We're going to see how God is at work in both their lives. God is trying to move and answer. And He's trying to work in both of their lives. And, and He uses us. When he, we're going to see that at the Ethiopian's life. That God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows every question that you're going to have. God knows every detail of your life. God is perfect in His timing. This story is so full of those truths that we can see that God is perfect in every situation. If you wonder when you have those questions, God, do you know what you're doing? We're going to see He knows exactly what He's doing. God, is your timing right? God, have you messed up? No, God's timing is perfect. In the life of Philip, we're going to see tonight that Philip was someone, God was a vessel that God could use, and he knew, he learned that he could ask Philip, and Philip would do it immediately. Philip was responsive. Philip was available. Philip was obedient. And so that's what he's looking for in your life. We, if we, when we look at the Word of God, it's not there just for a good story. It's there to say something to us today. And so in your life today, I don't want to go past this without you getting the point. God's going to ask you some things. If you're following God, there's going to be some desert places. There's not always going to be the mountaintop. There is going to be sometimes God calls you to the desert. But let me tell you something. is You're going to find out, as Philip had already learned, when God calls you through persecution or He calls you to the desert, if you'll follow Him, if you'll do what He says, if you'll be obedient to Him, you'll see God do the miraculous through your life. God wants people that will trust Him, that won't question Him, that'll say, Lord, I know You've been faithful every other time. Lord, You've been faithful in my life every other time, and I trust You tonight. I trust You because You've done it, done it every time. I'm going to do what You say. God's looking for that. And let me tell you something, it's, it's, it's a rare thing in these parts, as you heard some people say. You don't see it all the time, because so many times we want God. God, give me all the plan. Let me know how this is going to turn out. I don't want to sacrifice anything. But God says, let me tell you something, you want me to use you, you do what I say. You do it when I say it. You trust me, and I'll come through for you. We're going to see that. Well, what was his response? I mean, he asked him to leave this great revival and go to the desert. Oh, it's wonderful when you see the way he responds. We see that, and it says in that second, that verse 27, and he arose and went. Immediately, there, there, it's like there's no pause here. Soon as the angel said to him, go to the desert, go to down between the certain road and a certain area, it's a desert place, go to it. He just stood up and here I go. I'm following you, Lord, right what you tell me to do. You don't have to give me another detail. I trust you. Why? Because I've seen you faithful my whole life. I've seen you do so many things. I don't have to trust, worry about trusting you anymore because you're faithful every single time. God's working, and that's who God can use. So many times, we many times, I can tell you from my own past, I could give you an example after example. God's put something in my heart, and I didn't do it. There's been doors that's closed. There's been opportunities that grieved me later because I knew God wanted me to do something, and I hesitated. I, I wanted that explanation. I wanted God to give me the plan. I, I tried to second guess uh, what God was doing. No, I must be hearing something that can't be God. No, let me tell you something. That when God speaks to your heart, you'll know it. When God prods your heart to do something like that, when God talks to you about telling somebody about Him, it ain't never the devil. The devil will never tell you to tell somebody else about Christ. It'll always be the Holy Spirit. And when you feel Him prod and you know you have that witness in your spirit, that's got to be God. You feel that leading. You feel that burning inside of you. He'll go with you. 
He'll go with you so you can trust Him. Even if you don't know what the destination is. Hey, that's so important to get. Even if you don't know what the details, even if you don't know what the destination is, God's going to go with you. He's already there. He's already waiting. He's going to move. But He wants to know, will you trust Him? Will you be obedient? Will you be attentive to His words? Tonight, let's do that. Let's see that in the life of Philip. It says, and he arose and went. And so he didn't get any more details. He didn't know what he was going to be waiting on him when he got there. And it's so wonderful. And it says, and behold. Uh, and he, when he gets there, he gets there and all of a sudden, exactly like he knew God was, God has a plan. God, uh, when he got there, he sees something very unusual. It says he gets there and it says, and behold, a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come down to Jerusalem for to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. We see this is, this is so unusual because of who this person is. This, this is not typical. From, by the way, this Ethiopia here is not today's present Ethiopia. This was the land of uh, the area of Cush and the area of like part of Sudan. And it was part, uh, part of, or I can't remember, somewhere in that area. But this was not present day like southern Egypt. This was not present day Ethiopia. But this man had a high political office. And so we see that when Simon, or not Simon, but uh, when Philip gets there, he sees this man in a, in a very unusual thing, a man sitting in a chariot. Now, if you, get, if you understand how powerful this man, this man is a, a powerful political figure, and it doesn't explain, we have no idea why, but this guy's got a hunger for the things of God. In fact, he's already been to Jerusalem. He's already went to the temple. And he's already came. He had a desire to know more about this God. We don't know how he had, had, had come to know about the God Jehovah. But he came and he had worshipped at the temple. And, and he had something very unusual. He had the scroll of Isaiah. And we know that that was very costly at that time. And, and very few people had chariots. And so this man was very wealthy. This man was from a different culture. This man, there was many reasons why Philip could have said, Now wait a minute, God. I can't be effective for you from this guy because of all these different reasons. And that's what the enemy tries to get us to do. When the enemy tries to tell you to speak to someone, to be that witness, to be his voice, the first thing that happens is we start making excuses in our mind. We say, wait a minute, God, I can't even relate to this guy. This guy's from a different country. He may not even speak my language. Uh, next excuse, well, God, he's from a different culture than me. We don't even understand the same things. Lord, he's from a, a, a different race than me. Lord, we're different. He can look at him and say, Lord, he's from a, 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 different, a, a, a different class than me. This man is a powerful man. This man's got a chariot. He's got servants all the way around that chariot. This man is a wealthy man. He, can't, he doesn't want to hear the things of God. This man's going to reject the word of God. That's not what Philip did. Instead of making excuses, if we'll make ourselves available to God and we'll say, Lord, if you call me, if you put it on my heart, Lord, I know that you've already prepared the way. God will not ask you to do something. Listen to me. Underline this in your mind. God will never ask you to do something that he's not prepared to be there to carry it on through. He didn't do it by mistake. He knows exactly what he's doing. And when you do what God tells you to do, you speak that word that God tells you what to say. Even if you don't see the results right then, 
God's going to use what you just did. God's going to do the miraculous. Many times, you'll see the move of God right there, right where you are. Right there, you're going to see it today. God will move and do the miraculous. I've seen it happen so many times. But let me tell you something. There's even testimonies. When people said what God said for them to say, and people rejected that, and they tried to push it away, they couldn't get away from it. They couldn't get away from what God had so told someone to tell them. It was the seed that hit the right spot at the right time. And God used that to transform people even at a later date. Let me tell you something. Do what God tells you to do. Make yourself available. Do it exactly. Don't care what the excuse is. Don't care if they're out of your comfort zone. You do what God said to do. And He'll reward you every single time. He'll be faithful to you. And He'll be there waiting if you'll just do what He tells you to do. That enemy's lying to you. You need to be faithful and hear what He's got to say and do it. Hallelujah. So we see that he was sitting in that chariot and he came to him and the spirit speaks to him again. And it says, and, and, and the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to his chariot. He sees him in a distance and he says, go to him and, and get close to that chariot. And I love his response. He, before, the, when the angel said to him, you need to go, it says he stood up and went. In fact, it seems like his zeal gets greater every time you see him. You'll see in this circumstance, all three times, it's even more excited than the time before. There's more of a, a, a more of an anticipation. There's more of a, an urgency every time. He says in the, in the spirit, in verse 29, then the spirit said unto Philip, go there and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran. Philip ran ran thither to him. He run to the chariot. I mean, he came running. I mean, you got to think about that. That's risky. I mean, this is a powerful political figure. And this man comes running up to that chariot. I mean, he could they could have took his head off or something, thinking he was going to do something. But this man has such a zeal for God. This man says, you tell me, Lord, you just point me in any direction. You tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to hesitate. I don't, let it, I don't even think about it. I don't even let it, the second thought, would you ever tell me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to do it. And so tonight, uh, uh, we see that Philip uh, uh, ran to him. And, and he heard him read. The timing was perfect. The timing was perfect. We see that when he ran to him, it says he heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. Now, we're getting ready to look at, this. He's, he's actually in, I think, Isaiah 53, I think is about where he's at. He's, getting, he's reading some verses. Now, th this is powerful if you get this, okay? He's reading in Isaiah 53 about the Lord. He's reading in that deal that talks about the Lord being offered as a sheep. That, and it says the place that he read was the uh, scripture that said, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who's he reading talking about Christ? It says, in his, uh, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Now here's what's powerful. When he came to him, the perfect timing when Philip came to this eunuch, he's sitting here with a scroll. He's reading in Isaiah about this man that he doesn't know who he is, that's being offered for sin. 
This man who yielded himself and never said a word. His heart is burning. His heart is yearning. He has a question to God. He's reading this. His heart is burning within him. He's done been to the temple. He's done on his way back. He's probably thinking, I have more questions than I have answers. I've came to worship. I, I, I know there's something special about this God. I, I've just got questions and I don't know what the answers are. But God, I, I want to know what does this mean? And at the very moment that he's asking this question within his soul, Philip is standing there. But if you look at the timing, some people would say, well, that's just a coincidence. But no, 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 no. You've got to back up. You've got to back up. We don't know. This is about, this is many miles from where he came from. In fact, where he's going to end up next is 20 miles from here. So there is a period of time it took to travel. And the Lord seen, not only he sees two different things. If you back up, the Lord knows every detail of this eunuch's life. He knew that this very moment in his life, he was going to be sitting on the road and he was going to be puzzled and asking a question. God, I want to know about you. I want to know about who this person is that is surrendering their lives and being killed and sacrificed. He knows that. And to answer his question, God didn't speak out of heaven. But God took a vessel that he knew he could trust. A vessel that he knew he could use. And he puts the word within him. And the perfect timing that God said to him. The perfect timing. So that he could uh, perfectly orchestrate the timing. So that at the very moment that this, this monk. Or not this monk. But this eunuch has this question. That he has his servant walk up. And come up beside his. And actually run up to the side of his, uh, uh, side of his uh, chariot. And it was very common at this it's time for them to read the Word of God out loud when they read it. And at the very moment when he's reading about Jesus Christ, that one of the evangelists of Jesus Christ is standing there to answer the question that's burning in his heart. And when you think about that God orchestrated every detail so perfectly so that he could answer that question, that tells you that in your life, God's timing is perfect. It also tells you that God hears even the cry of your heart. God understands the desires of your heart. And God will answer the desires of your heart. If you long for Him, God will answer you. And not only that, but as God's vessels and God's servants, we need to realize that God will not, God doesn't do these things in His own God sends His servants to do these things. God will send you to meet that person's need. God will send you to answer that question. God will send you to, to plant that seed that He then can water and cause uh, salvation to spring forth. And God can draw people into salvation. And, and because what? Because you listened to him. Because you were the one that was faithful to hear what he said to do and you would do it. God's timing is perfect. God uses us to do things that he wants to do if we'll just listen to him. If we'll just obey him. And imagine the, if this hadn't have happened. If he had delayed. If he had delayed just for a minute. If he hadn't have done what God told him. This man would have never heard. This man's burning to know. And so here's what happens. So he says to him, do you know what you're reading? And he says... Who, who is this that he's talking about? And it says in verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Jesus is always the answer. I don't care what God sends you to do. I don't care what your friend or whoever he sends you to, to speak for him, to, to plant that seed. Jesus Christ, this word of God, is always the answer. This word of God 
is the answer. And so he was able to say, let me tell you, I can tell you all about who that person, I know who that person is. I know I'm, I, I, I represent that person. And he starts to preach to him Jesus Christ and how he fulfilled that scripture that was written so long ago and that Jesus had just come and fulfilled that scripture to the T. Every single detail and how he laid his life down and how he surrendered himself willingly on that cross and that he died for that sin and he he was died and he was buried but then on the third day he rose again and now he's on the right hand of the father and now he even told him how probably the spirit has been poured out and how people were baptized with the spirit and they were baptized with water and his heart's burning within him and he's thinking that's what I've been looking for that's exactly what I've been looking for that's the desire that's going on inside of me and there's a conversion experience that happens in the chariot let me tell you something before we even go any further. It would have never happened if, if Philip had never allowed the Lord to take him from revival to the desert. If he hadn't have listened to him, if he hadn't have been willing to do what he said, he would have never seen this, this uh, great move of God that happened even in the desert. And we see that he preached to him Jesus Christ. Verse 36 says, and so he's been preaching to him. He's, he's given him the whole gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. 36 says, and they went on their way. They came to a, unto a certain water. Hey, what's the coincidence of that? That here in the desert that they come to a spring of water. And this eunuch's like, you just told me about this you done said that uh that this baptizing is a sign uh, an outward sign of uh giving your heart and life to jesus christ and he says to him it says to him that uh the eunuch said see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized what doth hinder me to ba be baptized and, and and it says in verse 37 and philip said if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest and he answered and said i believe that jesus christ is the son of god 38 says and he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. He's made a profession of Christ within his heart, and now he's making an outward sign that says that I am a child of God. I surrender. I've died to my old life. I'm now raised a new life. What a tremendous testimony. Can you imagine that Philip thought, I'm going to be going to the desert and I'm going to be talking to a high public official from another country who's going to get saved and we're going to baptize him in the desert. Man, he's probably uh, probably amazed even more that God, you can call me to do anything if I'll just listen to you. And it says, and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. You see, that's what's beautiful about the story of this eunuch. He was someone who desired to know more about God. He's someone who had a spiritual hunger that he wanted filled more than anything else. It was more important than all the finances that he had. It was more important than his great political position. He had a hunger for God that all those things could not fill. And he was willing to go to whatever extent. He was willing to go wherever it took him to get that fulfilled. He'd already been to the temple in Jerusalem. And they weren't able to tell him about it. But here God, and the thing is that God knew that hunger. And God met him right where he was. God met him even in the desert to reveal to him the things of his son Jesus Christ. And what's so beautiful is he not only got to hear about his son Jesus Christ, but now when he's gotten saved, now that same Lord and Savior lives and reigns within his heart. 
He now is, why is he rejoicing? Because he is a new man. He is a brand new creature. He has changed and he knows his life has been transformed. What would have happened if Philip hadn't have obeyed? What would have happened if he hadn't listened to one thing and it just delayed or if he had have just said, no, I'm still in revival. This can't be you, God. But he did. And so we see these changes. We don't see him anywhere else, this, this eunuch. We don't see him anywhere else in Scripture. But there is early church writers in the second century write of this man. And they say that this eunuch went back to uh, Ethiopia and he became the first missionary to Ethiopia. He became a preacher of the gospel. He became an evangelist. He became a missionary to his own people. And he preached to Christ. Listen, he fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus gave that says you will go to the ends of the earth. Philip gave him the gospel and then he carried it forth until the far reaches of Ethiopia to preach that same gospel about Jesus Christ who had died for sins and people's lives were changed all because of a man who was willing to go from revival to the desert. One last thing. And, and so, Philip, we, so we see that this eunuch, what an amazing thing God did in his life. But what about Philip? What happens to him? Because if in, the, in the King James, this word is a little, it's not as clear as it could be here. And it says, but it says in verse 40, because it says that he was, in 39, it says he was caught away. That Philip was caught away in verse 40. And Philip was found at Azotus. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Many other translations translates that word, and Philip was found. It actually says, and Philip found himself. We see that as Philip was baptizing this eunuch, that as they come up out of the water, it says that uh, the Spirit of the Lord caught him away. The Lord took him and trans, uh, transported him 20 miles away. And it says, and he found himself in Azotus, and he, what did he do? We see that he went from walking, and then all of a sudden the Lord asked him to go to the chariot. He runs, and then all of a sudden the Lord transports him 20 miles. And what does he do? It says he found himself at Azotus. And what does he do when he realizes where he is? He, he doesn't even understand, how did I get here? And all of a sudden, what does he do? It says he starts preaching the gospel. He still preaches. He's like, God, wherever you put me, you just put me wherever you want me to do. I'm going to tell him about you. I'm going to tell him about your good news. We go on later, and we're going to see Philip later. We're going to see him 20 years later. It says as he, until he comes to Caesarea. He, he evidently settles down in Caesarea 20 years later. We find him sitting there, and he's still uh, a faithful preacher of the gospel. And it says he has four daughters who are not married. And he says they are uh, they're prophetesses. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they're doing the work of God. Why? Because they've got a father who within himself says, Lord, whatever you ask me to do, here I am. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whenever you say it, I'll go right now. Whatever you want me to do. And so tonight, we can learn from these two men. God has got something he wants you to do. God's got something he'll speak for you to do, but just do it. Trust him. 
He'll take care of all the details. He'll do things through you you can't even imagine. If you'll just trust Him. If you'll just be His voice. He doesn't ask you unless He's going to do something. He doesn't ask you if He hasn't got a plan to pull. He won't hang you out. He will always be there. He'll always come through. He'll give you exactly what you need to say when you need to say it. And with this Ethiopian, God knows every detail of your life. Before you have that burning desire. Before you want to know more about Him. Before you get in that situation. God's already aware. God's already working. God's already sending the answer. You can trust him and he'll use you. And so God transformed a man who knew nothing about God, a man who had a hunger, but he didn't know about Jesus Christ. And when he left, he became a mighty move of God in his life to where God could use him to go back and preach that same good news. Do you want God to use you? Sometimes we can be so content with just watching other people's lives. Just watching what God's doing. Oh, it's so wonderful what He's doing in that person's life. Oh, don't they have so much talent that God's able to do something? Boy, it'd be nice to be like, no. All you've got to do is just be available. Make yourself available. I challenge you tonight as we pray to say, Lord, here I am. I I'm limited. I don't have any abilities. Or, Lord, I you know my weaknesses. You know my fears. You know I don't want to talk. I don't want to do this or do that. But, Lord, I make myself available to you. God, put your spirit within me. Use me. Give me a desire. Let me be willing and let me be obedient when you speak. Let me not question, but just do what you ask. And I promise you, God will do the miraculous in your life if you'll just let him. He'll do the miraculous in your life if you'll just let him. And he'll do things that you've never dreamed he could do. But he's just looking for vessels who will say, here am I, Lord. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. He'll do it. He'll do it. He's looking for that tonight. He doesn't see a lot of takers on that. A lot of people say, do send somebody else. But we need to say, here I am, and he'll do it. Amen. Amen. Could we pray tonight? And I ask you to make yourself available. I ask you just to raise, if, you, if that's you tonight, I ask you right now, just raise your hand as we pray. And just say, by that raising of your hand, say, here I am, my Lord. See me. Send me. Feel me. Use me, here I am, and he'll do it. Can I pray for you tonight that the Lord would move and use you and God would stir souls through your life? Let's pray tonight. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, you see our hearts tonight. You see these hands that are uplifted. You see these vessels, Lord, that say, here I am. I am insufficient. I don't have what it takes within me. But God, here I am. You see the desire in my heart. I feel a burning in my heart. I want you to use me. I want you to use me to do whatever you want. But you've got to do the work. You've got to prepare me. You've got to go before me. And God, we know you do that. Holy Spirit, you always do that. You go before and you do mighty things. Lord, I pray that you put confidence in their soul. God, that every time they pray, they feel a stirring in their heart. And God, when you're trying to use them, that Lord, you burn within them so that there be no doubt in their mind that God, they would be willing. God, tear down strongholds that causes us to second guess you. And God, that you can't use us. God, you can use the impossible. God, you use the weakest to do the greatest. And God, so whatever our excuses is, Lord, that is the very thing you can use to do mighty things. If we'll just give it to you, Lord, you do the work, but you look for us to be the vessel you work through. God, don't let us miss out on the blessings and God, the things that you want to do. And God, let us learn from Philip to be available, to be yielded, to be, uh, uh, Lord, listening to your voice. 
And God, eager to do it. And God, that you would just bless and move. God, see these hearts and lives. Use them, Lord. Let them give testimonies of what you've done. And God, that people's given their heart and life to you. And God, if there's someone out there tonight, they don't know you, Lord. They got that burning in them, just like this Ethiopian eunuch did. They want to know you. They don't understand, God. Lord, you've given them the word, God. You've given them the word tonight. And God, I pray that they would reach out their hand tonight and ask you to forgive them of their sins and to cleanse them from their sins and that they trust you as their Savior. And God, that they would feel you cleanse them, Lord. They would feel you change them. That hope would feel where the darkness used to be. And God, you let them know you're there, you love them, and the very reason they're even watching is because you're trying to do a work in their life. All they got to do is surrender to you. And God, just as this eunuch did, they'll leave with joy in their heart because you're the one that changes us. We thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us, you're working and you're doing a specific work tonight. And we thank you for that, Lord. Go forward with us tonight. And God, stir us up and let us feel your joy all night. And God, let us be available to you. Thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah.